the 415 Podcast, episode two. Here, I'm Niner Nate, conductor of the San Francisco 49ers 2020 hype train, and it just keeps rolling, baby. We're three weeks away. Can you believe it? It's almost time. With me today is Jennifer Lee Chan of NBC Sports Bay Area. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm doing great. We're almost football season. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, I actually worked with uh, who you are working for, Niners Nation, for quite some time. Uh, I now am a beat writer for NBC Sports Bay Area. This will be my seventh season covering the team. And you can hear her basically in every single interview with any Niners player. She always has the best questions. Isn't that right? <laughs> well, thank you if you think so. <laughs> I mean, your pro- questions are more prominent. I see them more often. So. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, and you've been, so specifically to start, the reason I was so excited to have you on here is you've been out at camp. And so you can give our listeners kind of a general idea of what it's been like and what you've been seeing. Cause I haven't been out there. I've been, I've, I want to be out there. Of course I want to see my guys playing, but if you want to give our listeners just kind of like a, a general idea of some of the stuff you've seen, and then we can start getting into some, some main topics from, from this week, you know? Um, you know, it, it's, we're kind of quarantined off in a little corner. There's two practice fields and then the workout field is even further from that, uh, from us from there. So, uh, it's binoculars and it's kind of trying to get the best vantage point possible to watch practice. And then when they're doing, you know, seven sevens or 11s, it's trying to look over the players or get an angle where you don't have to look through them. Uh, it's, it's really difficult to kind of see what's happening. It's kind of a team approach. Also, uh, all of us are kind of lined up against the edge of this box that they have spray painted off for us. And we're like, did you see us on coverage? Did you see you caught that? So we kind of have used a team effort to kind of attack this thing because it's really hard to report on who's done what. And then, you know, you've got, it's, it's a hundred degrees and smoky. So you've got guys with their jerseys pulled up, up to the bottom of their chest plate. So you can't always read the numbers either. So it's, it's been a challenge for us out there. (laughs) I bet. Totally. I mean, I can't believe they're practicing in, in the smoke that's been going on here in the California. So I mean, that, that's it can't be good, especially, you know, they can't miss practice, obviously, because they do. We're so close to the season and now they're in full pads in it. It's it's got to be pretty miserable. And then being out there, not being able to see anything. I don't know. I, I still I, I would still love to be out there just because I just love this football team too much. But I can see how it would be a, a little bit of a pain. Um, did you see any of the big injuries that have the people that they've been talking about at all? Did you see the hurt injury at all or? I mean, what we're going to get into today, the eight, the Ayuk, Ayuk, I say it every different every time, the Ayuk injury at all? Uh, he went deep on a route to the right side and kind of got tripped up on the way at the end of it. Um, he was being covered by two guys. And again, like, because we're watching 22 guys at once, I didn't see exactly who was uh, defending him, but he kind of dove and fell rolled and then came up kind of holding the back of his leg so it was after a deep kind of go route and so it appears to be probably hamstring um he kind of had it looked at afterwards but it didn't seem like he it was terrible he didn't get carted off which is a good thing yes yes was was jalen hurd carted off when all that happened or no, he actually kind of hobbled off. I didn't actually see that one. It kind of happened on the side. So um, with those two giant fields, there's the side fields where uh, rehab is done, where guys who are coming back from injuries or being worked out, we're technically not supposed to be able to see them. But the way that the fields are set up, we do have access to see them. Uh, we kind of were 
PR has told us since then that we're not to take pictures of them. If anything happens on those fields, we're not allowed to tweet anything immediately just because uh, of what happened with Hurd's injury. So um, it's kind of a, a sticky situation with the 49ers just because the way their fields are set up, there's not a private kind of tented off area where guys can rehab because that's the way most facilities are. They have their own kind of rehab area, which is away from reporters. Uh, if that was the case, obviously he would have had that and we wouldn't have seen anything. So we just have to hope basically that maybe uh, today, which when this podcast goes up that, that, you know, that Shanahan has some good news on Ayuk and it's not, you know, season ending because here, here, here at the four and five podcast, we're very hyped about Brandon Ayuk. We're hoping that he is, the real deal. <laughs> well, and you should be hyped up for him. I mean, he's done, I mean, he has been thrust into play with the ones and the twos. He's out there for a ton of reps. If, you know, as we're kind of chatting amongst ourselves in our little quarantine area, we're like, he's going to be tired today because it's hot and he's run a ton of huge long routes. So, I mean, I think he has been very mature about learning the playbook without having minicamp or rookie minicamp or OTAs. Uh, he came in prepared. He's a smart kid. You know, he's got nothing but compliments from all the players that are there. So, I mean, he definitely could be a game changer with Debo, you know, maybe missing a week or two. Yeah, exactly. And and speaking of Debo, I mean, me and Stats talked about this last week. Um, do you think he's going to be there against the Cardinals or do you think it's probably more like he'll play against the Eagles week four? I think it's better for him if he doesn't, just because, especially looking at the history of what Trent Taylor has gone through, if you have a re-break on that bone, it'll put him out for the rest of the season or at least through for another 10 weeks. So they don't want to risk that because of what value he brings to the offense and what he brings to the team. If something like that happens where there's a complication, just because football action makes your body move in different ways than, you know, just training or doing rehab. So for him to come back and maybe have some sort of setback would be devastating. So I would think, you know, the MO of the team has always been to bring guys back kind of gradually work them in slowly and see how they do because they don't want to have that long-term risk. So um, I think that while he, he's going to think he's ready for week one and he's posted a ton of videos of him running when with rehab and whatnot. I just don't think they throw him out there because the risk is too high. And that's, that's the main thing me and Stas talked about last week was, you know, they're playing the Cardinals and then they're playing the jets and the giants. It's not like they're playing world beaters. So I mean, they, <laughs> I, that sounds bad. I know it sounds bad. Don't get me wrong, but like they're not playing world beaters to the point where hopefully you know, if Ayuk is okay and he ends up being there, or even my boy Dante Pettis, whose stats just loves, uh, you know, he gets goes out there and plays. Um, speaking of, you know, continuing on with this wide receiver conversation, you know, Trent Taylor's back. What have you seen from him? Trent Taylor looks like what he looked like last year in training camp before he broke the foot, a bone in his foot. He, again, is just super twitchy on the short routes. He is such a good slot receiver. And, you know, what a great opportunity for him to have Wes Welker 
as his coach who does exactly what he wants to be doing on the field. He has been healthy. He worked out really hard to get back to where he's at. And, you know, that's just uh, to me personally, that's the guy I'm rooting for this year. I mean, I kind of always did just because he's such a great guy and, you know, to see what he went through being Jimmy Garoppolo's number one target when he first started three years ago, and then to have the season that was so challenging for him last year with his back issue, you know, and then his foot, it just, he's the one who I'm just like, oh, please just have a great year. Cause I just, I, he's earned it. He's worked so hard to get back to where he's at. And he's rocking a killer mustache in all those videos. <laughs> it is killer. That is a great mustache. They are they are doing their job over the 49ers social team. Um, and then a couple more guys I just want to talk to you since we have you here. And it's, I mean, this is awesome. Um, Dante Pettis, I, he had a great day, I guess. Have, what have you seen from Dante Pettis? You know, I, what Kyle Shanahan, I think, is looking for him is from him is consistency. And while he's had great days, he's had days where he's also, you know, he's flashed a little bit and then not so much. So I think he's looking for consistency. It seems like he's been involved more often and it's hard for us to tell because we're so far away. Yeah. If it's because there are less receivers and he's just out there more, I hope it's because he really has gotten his focus back and he's, you know, able to play free is what he was saying. He, was that's what his uh, kind of goal was coming back this season. Uh, he's another guy that you just, you know, you hope that, and I think it will be better just because the communication between Shanahan and Dante has gotten, you know, they've kind of cleared the air, you know, the big thing, the big takeaway from Dante's media session is that, you know, he took some of Kyle Shanahan's criticism personally, which, you know, affected his play. So this year he wants to really play freer And, you know, you look at the way he played in college and, you know, maybe even his rookie season and he did, I mean, like he had like a 17 yard per catch uh, yardage. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. And then it was like completely shut down his second year. So hopefully he is able to kind of, you know, get his head wrapped around everything and kind of get that out there and have fun and, you know, really get kind of get past the, the things that were holding him back. It seemed like he wanted to tell us something else, but he wasn't ready to yet. So we'll kind of see what happens, you know, as the season progresses, but uh, hopefully he's healthy and it seems like he came back more focused. And, you know, that's kind of the big thing that a lot of guys have talked about, you know, the Super Bowl and what it did to them emotionally and mentally, they've really come back locked in. Yeah. And I think like, even just as someone who's just a fan and watching a lot of the videos they're posting, you can tell these guys are, they last year they they knew they were good. They didn't know they were as good as they ended up being. But I feel like going into this season, these guys have this mentality. They're going right back to the Super Bowl, and I think that's what we what we really want because the hype train never stops. You know, we're gonna we we're gonna we are better than everybody else, and I think that's the mentality these guys need to have. And obviously, like I'm not as I don't have as close relations as you have with them. You know, you get to interview them. You're seeing it too, right? These guys know that this that they are getting they're good enough to get back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think it's that, and it's it's not as much a Super Bowl hangover, but it's more like a Super Bowl grudge. It's kind of what they it feels like they have. Uh, I talked to Steve Weish on the sidelines that he's been to a couple other camps. He went to uh, Chargers and Rams camp because he's based in LA. He came up and watched Niners camp for a day. And he said that Niners camp has been way more physical than anything he's seen between the other two camps at all. So 
I think it's more intense. I think it's more physical. And I think that, you know, it's not a hangover. I think it's, you know, as George Kittle is a leader of the team, you know, he's coming back with a vengeance. And I think that's kind of what the mentality of the whole team is at this point. And even the guys that weren't there last year, Trent Williams, you know, he said he could feel the tension in the room when they watched that Super Bowl film. And it definitely brings a level of kind of, you know, angst and anger, which I think is good for them. Yeah, specifically as the conductor of the 2020 hype train, I am not watching the Super Bowl, and I still have not watched it since that day because I cannot bring myself to do it. But at the same time, I feel like these guys are ready to go back. And, you know, a lot of my friends who aren't Niner fans are like, you know, this Super Bowl hangover, look at the Rams last year. I, this team, I just don't feel that. And and that's just from a fan's perspective. I mean, you're with them and you're seeing it. This is a different brand of of a football team like these guys aren't going to have the hangover and I, I just didn't think Shanahan is the kind of guy to let them have a hangover at all yeah I think you're right there and I think also it's a young roster I think that's really you know something that they've got going for them and you now I think they're they kind of flew under the radar last year which was good and now they know that they could be good I think Richard Sherman said it uh, I think was it him I think it was Richard Sherman, you know, you know better, so you do better. So I think that because they know they're capable, when I think they didn't think so, not that they didn't think so before, but it's different than the Rams. The Rams kind of knew they had all that hype. They knew they had all the talent and the Niners had yet to put it together until last year. So I think that's kind of, you know, something that they've got going for them heading into the season. Absolutely. Um, not to change the subject when it comes to just wide receivers, but the biggest thing, I I think the biggest hole on this team besides wide receivers is actually the interior offensive line. Um, no Western Richburg. I like Lake and Tomlinson, but I mean, what do you, what are you seeing with the interior offensive line? Obviously you have a, a different vantage point than we would like to have, but you know, do you think there's a problem there? I think it's without Weston, it's definitely kind of, that weak point in the middle. The edges are obviously clearly set, uh, both McGlinchey oh, yeah. and Trent Williams. Uh, thankfully for Trent Williams, that's going to shore up that entire side because he is just an athletic freak. And to watch him go against Bosa has been like the entertainment of camp. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, Lakin actually is kind of, I think he's kind of a sleeper. He's really good, really smart. And I think he's underestimated a lot by, uh, people that don't really watch the offensive line. He is one of the, I mean, he's really good technique wise. He's smart. And I think he plays better without getting enough credit at that position. I think it's center and the other side that is a little bit more uh, touchy, especially with uh, the center position, just because Western Richburg is really good at what he does. And is, is, is Brunskill pretty much going to be the other guard? Is that what we've seen in practice? Um, it was, and now he's at center right now because of injuries. Okay. So it, yeah, it's, uh, but Brunskill has been really good too. I think he's just got, you know, a little bit further to go. Uh, I think he's, you know, but his learning curve has been good, I, you know, and, and with the offensive live coaching that they have, they're going to get the best out of him possible. So, uh, Brunskill has been great. I know that, uh, they've been happy with what he's done so far, but again, it's just, you know, kind of the learning curve. He's got to get better. And I, I think he will. He's definitely a guy who works really hard, great attitude. So he's got all of that going for him. 
Absolutely. And then, so who's replacing Brunskill at the other guard position as of now in practice? Uh, it's kind of been a rotation. So, okay. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, and then uh, Ross Reynolds went down with, uh, he's the one who got carted off. I heard that it's hopefully not as bad as what it looked like. Uh, I don't think yeah. he was going to actually make the team, but he was kind of more of a practice squad guy. But um, yeah, it's, and then be looking over the line of players, trying to see who's been in there has been kind of challenging too. So uh, <laughs> it's been Brunskill at center. And then it's been a couple different guys at, on the other side. Yeah. Okay. So we don't really know then we have pretty much no idea who the other guard's going to be. And then the center is going to be Brunskill. And we just have to hope that Western's coming back sooner than later. Do they have an idea when Western's coming back yet? No. And I think it's just been a slow process for him. So okay. yeah, no up, real update on that yet. Okay. Was that, and I, that's, that, I mean, those are the two biggest positions I think where the problems are is, is interior offensive line and wide receiver. And then I guess closing this conversation specifically, moving on to something else. Have you seen anything from any of the wide receivers who came in, you know, like the Tavon Austins or the Jerron Browns? Like, I know it's hard to see obviously, but like are any of those guys making any kind of impact? I know they're kind of guys who they've brought in to bring them in. Have you seen anything? Um, yeah, I haven't seen much from Jerome Brown, but both Tavon Austin and JJ Nelson have been involved in the offense. They've been out there with Jimmy and with Nick Mullins, you know, the twos and the threes. So the, those guys are getting involved quickly. Uh, both Tavon and JJ are pretty fast out there. Um, they're kind of, you know, guys with a little wiggle out there. So they've been fun to watch and they are getting them involved, especially now I would think with if, you know, if Ayuk is out for, you know, any further time, those guys are going to be used more often. Um, Joan Jennings also, I mean, that's, you know, he's oh. been a guy. Who, yeah. He's been a I guy. He's been a guy who also came into camp who was, you know, who's, who's, done a really good job, learn the playbook as much as possible. You know, they're trying to keep, they try to keep those rookies to just one position as opposed to learning all of the receiver positions. Uh, but he also has been out there with the ones as well. So they've kind of done a rotation. I think they, um, Kyle wants to get them all kind of adapted to or adjusted to working with all three quarterbacks. And only because stats isn't here, I'm going to ask you real quick. Is Jawan Jennings the next Jalen Hurd. Is that, is that where we are? Are we, are we, are we there yet? <laughs> I don't know if we're there yet, but he, yeah, he is kind of like a guy who could step into that role. Yes. <laughs> he's, a, he's a big man. Like he should be able to do the Jalen Hurd thing. I mean, hopefully I, I stats got mad at me last week. Cause I was like, you know, he's probably the next Jalen Hurd, you know, he, he could be even better. And he's like, let's, let's, let's slow down there. He's a seventh round pick, but, <laughs> but he has impressed the, you know, he has impressed Kyle. He's impressed some of the other wide receivers and, you know, he seems to be working well and he has had a little bit of time with the ones as well. Cool. Well, I mean, well, yes, we'll see. We have, we still have three weeks. So, I mean, hopefully this wide receiving core gets figured out and, and, you know, we're very confident going into that Arizona game and we just, we get to kill, kill Kyler Murray and that team and just blow people <laughs> away. I, that, I mean, that's, that's the dream to so come, come in week one and just destroy them and be like, yeah, yeah, we, we lost Super Bowl. Here we come, you know, um, moving on I, the tight end position. Um, I read something interesting today that, that Jordan Reed hasn't even played yet at all. He has not participated in 11s at all yet. He, I thought he was going to be more involved. He actually made another step forward. So he was out with the team when they were doing kind of calisthenics and the, you know, uh, 
pre-practice because normally he's over with the trainers kind of getting more acclimated to uh, getting it more into football shape. So he's been kind of with the PT guys as opposed to being with the team. And then he was with the team, but he didn't have pads on. So it's like kind of baby steps. He uh, was out there kind of warming up with the guys, but did not participate in any team drills. So they really are being careful with him, you know, kind of bringing up and bringing him in in kind of a gradual uh, pace. So don't don't draft him in your fantasy leagues yet, boys and no. girls. Don't 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 do it yet. <laughs> not yet. Uh, you know who they have put in with the ones is Charlie Warner. You so got my is- next question. Look at you. <laughs> you figured this out already. So yeah, he's been involved in it. You know, I think at the last practice, it was kind of more like the Charlie Warner day. Uh, he's been involved, especially now with uh, Ross Dwelly out with a foot injury. Uh, they obviously signed another tight end today, so. Uh, a little bit of lack of depth there with the tight ends, but hopefully uh, Warner will, you know, do have play a role in the offense as well. You could say they swooped up another tight end. <laughs> they did. No, I, I, that was bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, I had a lot of mustache jokes during the week, so you know it is. We haven't started the real season yet, so it's okay. We gotta we gotta have some sort of fun right before the fun the actual fun begins, um, yeah, and then. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, George Kittle's a stud out there. He looks perfect as always. I'm sure. Uh, you know, it's it is George Kittle, and he. I think I can't remember who he just threw to the side the other day, but it was a. Uh, I think it was one of one of oh, it was one of the newer cornerbacks. I think he just so he was running around and just kind of like swatted him like a fly to the side. And I was like, oh, there goes George. So. Uh, just like if he if we could put different things on the jerseys like they do in basketball i think you would just put on george kittle's the man because that dude is just amazing i he does some stuff i've never seen before it's pretty awesome and i'm i'm jealous you get to see it in person yeah he's been uh his usual self and before ross dwelly went out he was out there a lot with the ones and then yeah it's been it's been charlie warner out there so he's gotten a lot of playing time with the ones uh he could you know, definitely step in. But of course they added another one for depth today. They are added Eric Swoop. Well, let's hope we don't, uh, we don't cut our, our drafted tight end this year. Like we did Caden Smith because that drove me crazy. Yeah. That was, I think a little bit of a mistake there. I would have kept him as well if I was the GM, but I wouldn't have done some other things. So, uh, you know, not my job. <laughs> um, and so let's move on to the defensive side of the ball um, real quick. Did, was DJ Jones was hurt this week? Was that true or? Yes. So he uh, went through a rep and kind of fell and he was, I actually saw that one. He came to the sidelines, kind of tossed his helmet like he was pissed off. I'm like, oh, that's not good. Um, so we, they, the trainers came over and started to work on his shoulder. So we thought it was a shoulder injury or maybe a collarbone, which would be really horrible. But then we found out that he was in the concussion protocol. So it looks like he had a shoulder stinger is what I think happened. So hopefully he is better soon. Uh, He could be back for week one, just kind of depending on how that goes. So uh, hoping and praying for him to be back. And because he got hurt, they brought in everybody's favorite Niner, Solomon Thomas, who everybody just <laughs> loves so much. What have you seen from Solomon Thomas? I mean, I, I worked at Stanford in college, and I remember seeing the kid play, and I was super excited when they drafted him, and they've always put him on the outside, and now it looks like they're finally playing him on the inside. Uh, Stats played a, yesterday on his Stats and Egg show. He actually played a quote from uh, Robert Sala that said, you know, hey, we – 
We he's a better inside player. We played him on the outside. We're finally playing him on the inside, and he's phenomenal. And so, what have you seen from Solomon Thomas? Is is he is he the guy now? Is he finally good or what? You know, <laughs> watching him watching him on one on ones, he's he's kind of split the reps. You guys are funny. Um, he's kind of split the reps, kind of gone back and forth. So I think he's made progress. But then you know they're. And then now, okay, so the last practice, Nick Bosa set out and D Ford set out. So they put him on the outside again. So oh, hopefully, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> this is why the fans hate when we talk about Solomon Thomas because I they know. keep playing him on the outside. So he matched up against Trent Williams a couple times. He matched up on the other side. So they put him on the outside again because both Bosa and Ford were out. So Hopefully they get him back in the center and they use him there where he's much more valuable and much better at his job. And they've, they haven't, uh, they had a fifth year option and they didn't sign it. So he's pretty much gone at the end of the season, unless he's pulls an Armstead basically. I think so. I mean, unfortunately, you know, he's another guy that you kind of root for, but just cause he's gone again so much and you know, oh, you yeah. just, you know, you, you root for that guy and, um, what he went through with his sister and just with, you know, and he's such an advocate for mental health, which is so important. And, uh, but you know, he's got to, it's that make or break year for him. So if, unless he comes out and just lights it up, I don't think he's going to be on the Niners. I mean, I, I would think he would be on a roster somewhere because he's good enough to be on a roster, but I don't know that it'll be with the 49ers. Okay. And then say it with me. The 49ers don't need Earl Thomas, right? Because Jawas <laughs> DeCosti's part and Jimmy Ward are just phenomenal. <laughs> I don't think it happens. Uh, Tart and Ward are actually, you know, really good safeties. They've been playing well. And, you know, just like Salah says, everybody on the defense says, if they can get a pass rush in, then the secondary doesn't have to do as much in coverage. So with Nick Bosa and D Ford, if they're both healthy and they're out there, and also Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw. I mean, your secondary doesn't have to do as much. And then, of course, you have like Quan and Fred Warner in the middle. So you've got a solid linebacking core. I mean, if you look at it top to bottom, it's a really very solid defense from the, Absolutely. you know, all three levels. So less pressure on them if the pass rush can get to the quarterback, of course. And then our final question on defense specifically is, who is the other corner you've seen the most opposite Richard Sherman? It's I I think it's mostly been Akello out there. Uh, he's had some great wow. plays. Yeah, I mean they've kind of bounced back and forth. Akello's been really good. Um, the secondary has been a lot of rotation. Emmanuel Mosley's been really good out there. So it, you know your guess is as good as mine with that. But uh, Akello had a couple really good plays the last couple days he had some good pbus um so yeah i don't know if that has been said at all i think they have a lot of time to decide on that i feel like every fan after that uh i think it was the vikings game was like emmanuel mosley's the other corner for this team forever because akello just would get burned on just the worst just the worst ways i think he got burned twice in that seahawks game which led to seattle coming back and then the only touchdown the vikings had in that whole entire game was because Akello got burned. So I think fans are a little scared of Akello being the other cornerback. But, I mean, if you've seen that he looks a lot better or is he look kind of the same or well, – I mean, is it just – a lot of people think it's a confidence issue even. 
Right. I think that's absolutely right. And I think the the more plays he gets where he does well, the better for him. Um, there's also the wild card of Jason Barrett, too. So, you know, you never know if he's going to be able to play, if he's going to stay healthy. Um, he's had some great plays, too. So, yeah, I think it's definitely kind of, you know, up in the air as of now. And I think they've got a couple of weeks to figure it out. So I, I think that's definitely on the table. Yeah, I, well, I mean, hopefully Jason Barrett stays healthy. Like, that's the one thing about him has been his whole career is the guy's never stayed healthy. And, I mean, I'm down to hype him up if, if, if he looks good. <laughs> but the thing <laughs> is, is he's just never been healthy. I mean, he came out, I think, one time last season in that Pittsburgh game and just got completely burned. And mm-hmm. it led to Pittsburgh coming back in that game. So I, I'm, I'm hesitant to, to, you know, to get excited about a Jason Barrett. Yeah, I absolutely understand. Um, and then we're coming to an end here, but specifically what I want to do is every individual guest we have on this show. Um, I want to hear what you think the 49ers record is and like who, where the losses are and what do you think the season is going to be like? Oh, wow. Um, I think it's going to be a good season. I think that they're hyped up. I think they're ready to go. Uh, I hate doing the record guessing thing. Most people do. No, most people do. <laughs> but stats, stats on my own show on the first episode put me on the spot, and I had to do it. So I'm trying. I don't. I feel bad putting you on the spot, but that's kind of how I was going to do it this year. I wasn't going to let people know it to the end. But I mean, the losses. Like, where do you think they could lose? I mean, I say thirteen and three, and that's what I said last week. That's what I'm going to say for the rest of the year because the hype train never stops. But specifically, where do you have this team record-wise? And then who are the losses if you're just thinking about the schedule in your head or if you need time to look at the schedule? I mean, what do you think? Um, I mean, I think Seattle is a a split. I think they're just no matter what. I think even with, you know, where they are as – it doesn't matter who's on the roster. I think they split this season. I I just don't think that – even with I that know. awful pass rush. I know it's awful. It's awful. But I, I just think that, you know, anytime these two teams meet up, it's just, it's, it's a, you, it's a coin toss. You just never know because they just play each other so hard. It's, you know, it's one of those rivalry games that's kind of come back. Um, and I just think that it doesn't matter who's on the roster. They play each other hard and it, it's a split. And we got to play Philip Dorsett, who apparently is the fastest player Pete Carroll's ever seen. <laughs> Which, I'm, I don't know what Akella's going to do or what Mosley's going to do. He has to play the fastest player Pete Carroll's ever seen. That's yeah. just too much. Uh, I think the Saints game is going to be tough. Um, Even without the crowd noise? I think it is just because of, I mean, you look at what happened last season, the Saints, no matter what, are going to come back and want to win that game you know, for them, it's going to be a revenge game. So, you know, the Niners are going to go in there. Of course, you know, they need to go in there ready, but I think, you know, anytime you beat a team like the way they did last season, they're going to come back and want to get back. I mean, it's a revenge game for them for sure. Um, So I think that's a tough one. I think Arizona is going to be tough too. I mean, you look at who they added to their roster. Um, Kyler Murray is just so squirrely back there. He's kind of like, you know, Russell Wilson, it's the same thing. When you've got a super mobile quarterback like that, I think it's the the defensive line is better now than it has been in the past. So they could be better. Um, but I think just you get a mobile quarterback like that, and it's just an added challenge on top of it. Um, 
I said the but, Patriots as one of the games that kind of scared me. And I know mm-hmm. it's not the Tom Brady Patriots specifically. It's the Cam Newton Patriots. But there's something about going into that building, you know, and seeing Bill Belichick that just scares me a little bit. I don't, And I think the Niners are a better roster. I think the Niners are a better roster than almost every team they play this year. But there's something about that New England team that really scares me. I agree with you. Uh, you know, anytime you go against Bill Belichick, no matter who he has, you know, it, they're going to be ready. And I think, you know, they use every player to their best advantage. And, you know, he finds a way to put players in the best situation for their abilities. So, I mean, you can never really count out the Patriots at all. Um, uh, best case scenario, I think 12 and four, just because I think, you know, even with them having a better roster, I think it's just so hard to win as many games as they did last year and, you know, to keep it going that way. I, you know, I think mentally 16 games is just, there's such a, you know, a likelihood for a burnout and, you know, maybe it's where it comes down to, you know, they had so many close games last year where, you know, it came down to the wire and that kind of keeps guys on their toes. Um, I don't think there's going to be blowouts or anything like that, but I think, you know, sometimes those really close games or maybe a loss at the right time gets guys ready for what's ahead of them. And I think the way it worked out last season was perfect. You know, they had that one loss against Atlanta and it kind of got them, you know, and that the field goal, good Lord. Um, Let's not revisit that (laughs) either. But, you know, those losses kind of came at the right time for them to kind of get it all together and then head into the postseason and really be ready for it. So, you know, you kind of have to have those losses at some point because I don't think you can, you know, you're not going to go undefeated. Um, so as long as they're at opportunistic times, then they can continue into the postseason like they did last year. And I think the, the one thing about this season too, kind of closing out is this uncertainty that is COVID-19. Like, I mean, Anything can happen, you know, like we could see Patrick Mahomes get it and be out for two weeks and the Chiefs not win the division. That's not going to happen. But the thing is, is um, like there's so many uncertainties to this that could affect this team. Yes, they are a Super Bowl contender and they're probably a perennial Super Bowl contender for, you know, beyond this year. But I mean, going back to the Super Bowl with COVID-19 and worrying about these players getting hurt, that's the thing that scares me the most is they're, you know, we're not having any preseason games. Sure. And people are really happy about that. But there's, I think there, I don't know if this is just me, but do you think there's a bigger chance that there's in, more injuries this season because there was less uh, game type of atmosphere before the season? I think that's always the the concern when they're, you know, same thing as when they had the lockout, you know, a while back, you know, those guys. And that's why it was such a concern for the NFLPA and the NFL to get their protocol and like, you know, procedures together make sure they had a gradual ramp up because, you know, these guys go from no scrimmages and no joint practices to playing a game. That's a huge, huge jump. I mean, you know, they haven't even, they aren't even going to do full tackling in practices. So the time, the first game they actually practice will be week one because there's no preseason. So, you know, when you get tackled by someone who's not on your team, your body moves in a different way than it does when you're, you know, not gently tackled, but, you know, it's a different speed at which they tackle in practice. So to go from that to the, you know, the more extreme live bullets flying is what they call it. Tackling is it's going to be shocking for these guys' bodies. So 
hopefully we don't see a lot of injuries, but you know, that was the concern for the NFLPA getting, you know, this ramp up more gradual. So I hope there's, you know, just injuries are the worst part of this game and they do, you know, they're just inevitable. It hopefully it doesn't happen, you know, any more extremely than it has with a regular preseason. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like we're still three weeks away. So anything can happen in the next three weeks before the season starts. Thank you so much for joining me today, Jennifer. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. No problem. And I'll try to be back when you need me. Is there anything you want to plug before we close out? Um, just follow me on Twitter at uh, Jennifer Lee Chan. Same with Instagram. And uh, all the news and stuff that I put out is on NBC Sports Bay Area. And remember to listen to her when you're listening to Niner interviews because her questions are the best. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Niner Nate if you want to listen to my uh, Niner takes, which, you know, it's always good. The hype train's always going to roll. <laughs> so we'll see you next week on the 415 podcast. No more injuries. That's what we're going to say at the end of every episode. No more injuries. Take it easy. Go Niners.